I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Who heard a rumor that the Flyers are just propping open the doors of the Wells Fargo Center with a cinder block and saying, Guys, you want to see this team? Come on down. Oh, I might get murdered. Oh, no. The big bad man. Oh, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> just because. Okay. Want to record a podcast on a Wednesday, and there's just a pesky little manhunt in South Philadelphia. That's all. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, just a little manhunt. In my immediate neighborhood. Just couldn't have been better. I'm sitting there at work, four o'clock, look up, and uh, I, I got an email actually that said, "Oh, there's a manhunt and traffic's backed up and all this shit." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Where I wonder where there is a manhunt in Philadelphia right now. And I click on it and it says Rod Norgan, and I'm like, "Rod Norgan, oh good." There's there you are. <laughs> I put on NBC Ten. Uh, they're showing <laughs> helicopter view, and I'm like, "Oh, there's my house. Good, real good." <laughs> this is fine I, I turned into the this is fine dog at work and uh yes i was i took my time getting home because <laughs> and by the way it might not even be a murderer that the manhunt was on the loose for because you know great facts are great having facts mm-hmm. is clear but they made it seem like a murderer was on the run from police <laughs> on the loose in south philadelphia so i said i think i'll take my time getting home but then they caught the big bad man, right, Steve? No, I, I didn't catch anybody. Oh, they just think he's not there anymore? I guess. There was never really an update. There was no... Oh, I thought that was the thing. Was no, I just went home at a certain point, and I was like, well... <laughs> girlfriend's out of work. Should we go home? <laughs> All right. That's even better. Yeah. I, I thought and, oh, they were just like, just yeah. A great experience. Great experience overall. Highly recommended. And it just adds to the the tapestry of weird South Philadelphia that I have just run into living down here for a few years now. It is the weirdest neighborhood I've ever lived in. And I'm not sure if I love that about it, but I think I do. Yeah, man. I mean, Uh, let's count it down, right? So we've got Manhunt. We've got our friend, the rat. We've got the homeless couple who used to argue down the block until... Uh, one of them was choking the other one out, and an uh, associate of mine called the police on him. Uh, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there, of course. Yeah. We have the fireworks at the uh, after the Eagles won the NFC Championship game. Yeah. That hit me Which in the leg. Before you almost died. Yeah. Almost lost leg. It's great. Good times. Yeah. Uh, just I, I, all I lost was just a few layers of skin, a few pesky layers, and I well, I could have afforded to lose them uh, anyway. So it's fine. It's fine. And man, South Philly has just been. A barrel of laughs. 
I think it's all, I think you're blowing everything out of proportion. I mean, a manhunt, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Like, what? It's one guy, so he's in your neighborhood. He could kill you. He just could be home. hiding out in your house. Yeah, just suck it up and go home. He could fancy. be living in your laundry room for a period of weeks without you noticing. Yeah. Until Who one cares? week, you come down, catch him in the wrong place at the wrong time, and, you know, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's it always fine. works out good. Yeah. But I guess that's why we didn't record last night, because he's a big wuss. That's and, uh, I'm a big wuss. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it ultimately comes down to. I texted Craig and said, giant wuss, pee in my pants, don't want to <laughs> go home. All you texted me was, where? And I was like, oh, I, I know what this is. We've all read this bedtime story before. And then I was like, talk to you tomorrow, buddy. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow, big baby Steve. <laughs> A boo hoo! There could Pacifiers be a murderer the on the loose in your house. A boo hoo! <laughs> oh my god! You know, <laughs> so yeah, podcast delayed a, a day due to manhunt, which is yeah. South Philly. South Philly strikes again. It's the best. It is the best. And like considering that Gordon Ramsay filmed an episode of whatever his traveling. Uh, bar rescue for restaurant show is wearing a phantoms jersey and a fake beard last night that wasn't even the weirdest thing that happened yesterday no it was the manhunt i imagine i don't know what this new show is called i imagine it's just this is rubbish with an exclamation point at the end this is rubbish yeah and then just him yelling at people making food innocently i mean in their own restaurants i've talked before about having the the bar rescue where john taffer essentially yells at the flyers (laughs) which we really could use right now you call this goaltending you call us defense andrew mcdonald's out there paying 24 minutes a night this is insane ivan Provorov's dead on his feet he played 62 minutes in that game (laughs) and there were only 60 minutes how was that possible but like, the Gordon Ramsay show, whatever it's called, I really should look it up, but who cares? Um, he essentially okay. goes undercover, goes in disguise to a restaurant and sits there like spitting food out going, oh, this is horrible. Absolutely horrible. And just like muttering and whispering. And then he changes somewhere in the restaurant and then comes out and confronts everybody. And it's like, they're like, oh, shit, it's Gordon Ramsay. Oh, my God. It's kind By of the way. it's kind of amazing, but he did one in Allentown, and he's wearing a full Phantoms jersey and a fake beard. So, by the way, I think I really should look this up, but who cares? Might be the episode, or might be the name of this episode because it's an early contender. Kinda, yeah, it's it's the general vibe around the team right now. They won tonight, and who 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 could even care? The only thing I cared Honestly. about with them winning tonight and we came into this fully expecting another loss but this oh, have yeah. been nine well, or ten nine. sort of been nine would have been nine so number they nine, avoided that number nine but by having carter hart bail them out yes carter hart absolutely bailed out this team and if there's one thing i'm rooting for at this point it is carter hart our sweet dear baby boy developing to his fullest potential that really is. I think that might be the one saving grace for the rest of the season is to see how well Carter Hart plays. That might be the only reason to tune in and watch this collective dump of a team uh, play hockey. We could also really, tune I mean, in to see how many points Claude Giroux can pile up and still not get any MVP votes. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean this year. I mean if he does it this year, it'll be the whole well his team's not in the playoffs argument, and then Greg Wyshynski will come with a reason for why. He'll figure out some algorithm for why it should be Taylor Hall again. 
<laughs> well, if you look at the secondary assist on the power play, I mean, he's the clear leader. And if you look at and no just, doubt about it, ramble on about it. Yeah, th- thirty-seven saves for Carter Hart tonight, yep. and the Flyers had no business winning this game. And no. yet, because of Carter Hart, they gathered two points in the standings to climb out of last place in the entire NHL, which they were briefly in. They still have the worst goal differential in the NHL, and. Oh, yeah. The most pissed off fans in the NHL. Yeah. So a couple of things about the game real quick. The Flyers went over 12 minutes without a shot on goal in the first period. Not to start wow. the game, but just somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nolan Patrick actually had a nice play. So it was nice to see that he returned to the lineup after yeah. missing the lineup for the last uh, year and a half. Three months or so. Yeah. Um, JVR, very nice pass to set up connecting on the first goal. JVR, very nice play to get his own goal. JVR and, looked uh, good in this game. He's one of the yeah, few non-Carter Hart Flyers who look good in this game. Uh, and for some reason tonight, the Flyers on the penalty kill were like, maybe we should start trying to score on these bad boys. And they had, I think, Drew <laughs> So first led... they figured out, first they figured out, maybe we should try and be slightly aggressive on the penalty kill. And now they're like, oh, we can score let's yeah they're like i thought we just couldn't cross the red line but i think Giroux led three sh- uh shorthanded on man rushes for the flyers tonight you remember mike richards just be in there scoring oh, shorthanded God. goals left and Do right? i remember mike richards of course I, I anything you said i don't even know what you said right there but of course i remember mike richards and everything he's done shorthanded goals him? from mike richards yeah oh baby oh do i yeah Thinking about the uh, five-on-three shorthanded goal against the Canucks, which I think was one of the funniest things in the the history of the Flyers franchise, when uh, Jesse Bolarisa almost murdered Ryan Kessler, and the Flyers were already, already up seven to two, and after the next faceoff, Drew takes, or I mean, uh, Richard takes the puck down the ice and score, Man. to make it eight to two with like five minutes left. Not only are we talking about a shorthanded goal, but we're talking about the Flyers scoring more than five. Uh, yeah, I, more at this point, more than three, which is correct. Yeah, just foreign territory for us. But I was at Monday's game, Craig, and <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for their <laughs> loss. It was in my that was, 30. That was not a cool loss, by the way. It was, was not a cool loss in my four losses ever. I, I think I've been going to Flyers games since I was four or five years old. So that's almost 30 humble, years of going to Flyers. Right humble brag, yeah. you know, I'm old. Um. 30 years ago in the Flyers games, that may have been the most boring hockey game I've ever been to easily. Jordan Bennington, I think is how you say his name, does not matter. It doesn't uh, matter because we're never going to hear from him again. He's going to be a, a trivia fourth, out in St. Louis for a while. Fourth NHL game, first ever start, 25-year-old third-round pick in 2011 by the Blues. 25-save shutout in his first ever start. The the Blues went with eleven forwards and seven defense in that game, and uh, by the level of excitement during that game, it showed because man, I, I don't think Bennington even made. I I honestly can't remember a play where I was like, oh man, he got lucky there, or what a save. That was just. It felt. I don't, like I don't think the, the. I don't think the Flyers had a legit scoring chance all game. The Flyers had zero offensive pressure throughout most of that game, and yeah. poor Carter Hart playing his ass off again, and nothing yeah, to show yeah. for it, and it's just. At least, <laughs> at least when, you know, they were struggling in the first half of the season, at least their five on five play was competent for the most part. They can't even, <laughs> they can't do anything right right now. Yeah, they can't. They really are struggling to score. I think uh, possession numbers wise, it's still fine, but it's not. 
Like, who cares when it's gotten to this point? When you're losing eight games straight, you can't really just be like, oh, they're driving play. Uh, right. I, we, need, we need goals here. Uh, this team's got no identity whatsoever right now. And By the way, we just need the sorry, not the we need the dunk on Patrick Maroon because this is a couple years in the making. Uh because it finally came to a head that he does suck, which is what we've been calling out for years. Oh, he's we know he oh, sucks. Eleven points in thirty four games. And uh I just I think of that and I think of how much people blew him when he was in Edmonton because he was playing alongside Connor McDavid. Man, a guy now, playing a good, uh, alongside Connor McDavid is killing it. Who would think? And then Frank Saravalli said that uh, letting Maroon walk was one of Holmgren's, or was maybe Holmgren's biggest mistake as a GM, <laughs> which is just a funny thing to look back on now because, because yeah, the multitude. <laughs> yeah, just I think that. right now the the debate comes down to Brzezgalov, Bobrovsky, and McDonald. But it's certainly not Patrick Maroon. Yeah, you can no. go all and all day about know. those. But Patrick yeah. Maroon, who gives a uh, shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? Honestly, is what we. But you know, just want to say, two years, two years later, uh, suck it, world. Steve and I had it. Turns out Patrick Maroon not that good. Taken away from Connor McDavid, turns out not that great of a player. Where? Uh, well, uh, let's see here. The only other guys that we, we didn't talk about the Washington game, Washington game yet. That was a four to one game, really. And then stupid shit went the down only five thing three. Even worth mentioning in the Washington game is Mike McKenna, the the goalie the Flyers claimed. Oh, yeah. We was, this, about that. yeah. was this last week they claimed him? Claimed him on Friday. They claimed him on Friday and immediately everybody just slapped their head because yeah. it's like. Look, that scene from Top Gun. <laughs> This is his third different team this year, and there's a reason. And there's nothing against Mike McKenna, but, like, this is clearly not an NHL-level goalie. And even we're just talking about a backup for sweet dear Carter Hart right now. And we just just base confidence would be nice. So here is his career stat line after uh, Tuesday's loss in Washington. 7, 17, and 3, 890 save percentage, 360 goals against average. Uh, so yeah, I, I will say he did a pretty good job. He had some killer saves <laughs> on Ovechkin. Like, he was, he, he was put in a tough spot. He was put up against some of the best offensive players in the NHL. And he did admirably, given the situation. But Yeah, if everybody was Alex Ovechkin in that game, I think he would have had a shutout. But he, uh, if on the same wavelength if uh, Jacob Verana took every single shot that game he would have given up probably 10 or 11 goals because he just was not stopping that guy that night uh, third yeah the third goal against was Couture with a bad pass uh, at the blue line then Verana took it all the way down the ice fourth one was a pretty bad goal by McKenna uh, he should have had that was a not, not the most amazing redirection terrible angle should have stopped it Banked in off of him, and the first goal against was he—he he was left to hung out the drive, but I also thought he was off his angle a little bit. I think he could have uh, at least put up a better effort on it. But I mean, overall, considering he came to the game as an eight ninety two save percentage goalie over his career, I think he did. Uh, I think he did all right. Best but he I could think, do. Best he yeah, could do. I think the thing with me about that game was it was four to one, and I was like, this game's not that bad. Like I said that, 
the Flyers are down by three goals in the third period. I'm like, this could be worse. It could be. It could be worse. It could have been the St. And, Louis uh, game again. Yeah, it could have been. Like, I uh, came I do very close to just leaving at a certain point because it was just and boring. Free tickets. And it was. I got free tickets. It was close. Like, You're there's no reason I should even think about leaving that game. But it was just like they they weren't doing anything. Yeah, it was. It really is kind of hard to explain how bad that game was unless you watched. And if you watched. What what are you doing? Like why why is everybody watching right now? I don't know. But um Habit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, that's been doing it for so long. I, I watch because I record a weekly podcast about the team. <laughs> and I guess just habit. I mean, I am a diehard Flyers fan. I will always watch most of the games, but I'm not paying a lot of attention. Like I'm uh, yeah. I'm trying, but usually I'm just throwing it on my tablet or my laptop and like tonight, for instance, I wasn't really expecting much. So I threw it on my laptop and Em and I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place while I watched the Flyers <laughs> from my laptop. Yeah, I think I, I guess that's where I'm at, too. Like, I'm still going to watch every game. But I think even as of about mid-December, I, it was a thing where I was watching pretty pretty close like trying to take notes on every play and all this kind of shit last like week and a half it's just become like i I just put it on and i'm watching the game i just don't even know it's a chore how to break it down yeah it's really what it's it's become and it's uh i mean maybe you'll turn around they will get better they won a game they will feel better about uh saturday's game yeah i I I, think could make it two in a row they need to tighten literally everything up and they need to get some sort of identity, some sort of semblance of a (laughs) hockey team, semblance of excitement. Everybody's just bored to tears and some people are angered by this. Some people are apathetic, but regardless, it's bad. Like they're not even the broad street bullies. They're not even a fast team. They're not even a high scoring hot mess. They're not even a defensive team. There's no defining trait to this team. I just feel like everybody is. But well, before we do this, real quick, I want to do the whole go run through the uh, the goalie the goalie gambit with uh. I would with love here. We got the to run got... through the goalie gambit here. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Okay, so seventh goalie to play for the Flyers this season, fourth team in NHL history to do so, including the eighty nine ninety Nordiques, the two thousand two two thousand three Blues, and the two thousand seven oh eight Kings. I want you to guess a player from each of these teams. Now, the Nordiques had a goalie that we actually know. Okay. Player for them. Uh, so, okay. Uh, first team. What is the first team on this list? 89-90 Nordiques. I need to name Should've one player from this team. That was that was a former Flyer. That was a former Flyer. Yeah, I went through and found the former Flyers and Phantoms for each of these teams. The goalie one is a little tricky, and I feel like I should just tell you rather than make you do your whole song and dance thing My that I usually run you through. And... Yeah, <laughs> by giving you it. extremely hard <laughs> questions that nobody should know. Scott Gorham was the goalie. Was one of the goalies, one of the seven goalies used on that Nordic. The Beanpot Trotter. The Beanpot Trotter himself. He was there in a dash. Yeah. Uh, Quick as a day. Yeah. <laughs> the one one skater though was a. Oh no no fire. wait wait. Is a uh, always on the dash. That's what it was. That's what it is. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. So I'm thinking of a flyer that's on the Nordiques from that year that's not Scott Gordon. <laughs> that's not Scott Gordon. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, I'm going to just tell you. Yeah, just tell me. Michael Petit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't guessing that. <laughs> not in a thousand years. All right. Okay. All right. 2002, Misha 2003 Petit. Blues. Uh, how many? Uh, okay. Yeah, is, is it Michael or is it Michelle? I don't care. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, this is before my time. Uh, 2002, 2003 Blues. Had one, two, three, four former Flyers and a former Phantom. Former Flyers and a former Phantom on the 03. 0203 Blues. Blues. One of them should be kind of obvious. <laughs> early 2000 Blues. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the early 2000 Blues. Uh, Chris Pronger you're talking about, right? Chris Pronger, yeah. yeah. Not Al McKinnis? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, Al McKinnis never. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I would have remembered that. That dude had a killer slap shot. That would have been, yeah, that would have been one hell of a... Was, uh, was McTavish still on the Blues at that point? He was not, according last, to Wikipedia. Last player without a helmet. Last or, that, without a helmet. or was that Al McKinnis? No, no, no. That was Craig McTavish. It was Craig McTavish. Okay. Because uh, I remember he was my first favorite player ever because his name was Craig, and he was also easy to identify. Oh, there we go, buddy. Have a helmet. That was young. Mine was, was Steve Hartnell. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> who was a Steve when I was a kid playing hockey? I can't even remember. Steve Root. Uh, was like uh, Steve Rutchen, Rutchen. What was that guy's name on the Ducks? Uh, well, it wasn't my favorite player, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, yeah. yeah. Steve Eiserman? Uh, no, I had no love for Stevie. Why? Because yeah, he beat the Flyers in '97. Yeah. Screw him. <laughs> uh, Steve Connawalt. No, there weren't many good Steves back in the, the mid '90s for the Flyers. The Steve Connawalt, or right? just in general, I guess. I guess that was a Steve, right? Uh, I'm not sure, making up. His... Maybe Steve Rutchen. Um. That's what I was saying. Yeah, Steve yeah who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how many other flyers were there? There's prongs. Okay. okay. Um, there was. You need one, two, three more. I don't think I'm guessing all those. Um, one of them we named one of our episodes after. I know that's not going to help. He's also a scout now for the Canadians. Another one, hilariously misspelled his first name, and Kelly's talked about him a bunch recently he came up for some reason we were talking about this guy a lot recently in the last month another one was involved in a trade after the 2010 season for Simone Gagne wasn't so wait uh, one of them wasn't Andy Delmore was it no okay I'm just looking at episode titles <laughs> do you want me wait do you want me to tell you I think I gave you a fair I would really only expect one of these for you, like to pop in your mind as a former, yeah, former blue. I'm doing, I'm doing bad with it today. I think the Flyers have killed all my hockey knowledge too. Scott Mellonby. Ah, yeah, Mellonby of the Infinite Sean Sadness. Shajan, yeah. 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 Uh, and then Matt Walker. I never would have guessed Matt Walker. Ah, uh, yeah, Matt Walker would have been the tough one. Uh, former fan of was Daniel Corso, and then the oh, last one to make you do these. That yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. 0708 Kings, uh, two former Phantoms, three former Flyers. Okay, 0708 Kings. One of the Czechmonic. No, no. Uh, two of the goalies are f- former Phantoms. One of them, I think you should know because it was only like three years ago he was on the team. The Phantoms. 
Oh, man. Uh, and then the other... Who the hell was on the 07? The 07 08 <sighs> Kings. You want to talk about a forgettable team? Yeah, I know. Well, okay, so one of the former Flyers was also on the Flyers that season. Uh, another one was a pretty bad four that got traded for Bossy Kukkonen. And then the other one had one of the best nicknames in Flyers history. Went on to play for the Blackhawks. One of the best nicknames in Flyers history went on to play for... Or not, well, I guess... Yeah, that... Very easy nickname to make out of his name. <laughs> Craig, let's just get... Lay them on me tonight. This is Michael not my Hansus, Yaroslav Modry, Zeus. Kyle Calder. There you go. Okay. Kyle Calder traded for... How, how can I forget the hair? Modry. <laughs> the, the hair the curls are luscious i yeah. would uh, debate that michael hanzu says the best hair in flyers history i mean i want to say yes but i feel like mullets were before our time and i feel like if we were to go back and look at some guys in the late 70s and 80s there'd be some real serious butt heavy drinking skinnered <laughs> white feeder shirt like mullets going on you know i just found out what feel... bud heavy means very recently by the way oh yeah yeah like you've mentioned it and i really <laughs> thought i legitimately thought that bud heavy was some brand of bud that like redneck strength that i never heard of like bud ice or something like that <laughs> well and it I turns mean, out that just means a regular bud it's what i think i, I found I... this out on christmas day by the way Oh, there you go. The best time to drink some Bud Heavy. Best time to drink some Bud Heavy, absolutely. <laughs> I one of my friends, uh, one of my friends from home, Mickey, I think, has been calling it Bud Heavy for like fucking twenty years now. So that's for that's where I've heard it from. If you're not familiar with this, apparently, if you don't want, if you want a Bud, and you don't want a Bud Light, you ask for a Bud Heavy. Yeah, it gets the job done. Uh, yeah, I'm not complaining about it, but yeah. I really thought I really thought Bud Heavy <laughs> was, was just this else. I was just brand of there. Bud yeah. that I never heard of, and I just took it for granted because it, it it sounds right. Yeah, now just a a funny way to say Budweiser. So yeah, I mean, uh, so I would agree that Zeus is probably up there. Zeus yeah, this is probably up there, but I think there's got to be like some seventh defenseman. The Christian Foline of the like nineteen eighty three team, I I'm afraid to jump to the conclusion that he didn't have a bang and mullet that was somehow better than Michael <laughs> Hansus. So we're gonna it's a it's a Mike it's a tentative, tentative Michael Hansus has the best hair, but we'll have to do some research. He's, I think sure he, I would say he's got top five all time flyers here. Okay, that's well sure. that's definitely yeah. I mean that's definitely out there. Yeah, best uh, best hair then, on the current team, by the way. I think I'd argue Nolan Patrick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got to be the best at something, and uh, we'll give him we'll give him hair. I, I guess it's not hockey yet. I guess during the games, that's what he's doing. He's yeah. hammering his hair. Oh, he's not, I, I feel bad for the kid. Him. He's he's young and yeah, he's yeah, struggling. I but they... He should start doing something now. Uh, anyway, fair so enough. Well, no, I, I actually wanted to transition into that <laughs> oh, real quick because okay. I've seen a couple people kind of floating around, like just put him in the minors right now. What do you think no, about that? No, I don't. I don't want to do that right now. I think. I don't know. I just think collectively this team, they just have a lot of guys. Uh, I feel like the whole team is just not. It seems like they're all fighting it right now is how it feels, except for like Drew and uh, maybe that's it. I feel like Konechny's play has gone up for the last week or so. I feel like he's been back checking a lot harder than he usually does. And he's been uh, he does still seem to be there. 
uh, most offensive chances. But besides that, I mean, JVR had a pretty good game tonight. He's looked fine recently. Yeah. Uh, but Voracek like is guys, doing his usual up and down. Yeah, that's the, the Voracek, Voracek trot. <laughs> if we're gonna... <laughs> the Voracek trot. Uh, Different than uh, the Beanpot trot. I, I think, yeah, in that, fact, that the Beanpot trot wishes the Voracek trot had as much involved as that split. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of Patrick, I think I just referred to about... Scott Gordon as the Beanpot Trot just now. I think that's what yeah. I called him as his name. He might be the that might be the thing he's most remembered for. It definitely won't be there. his Flyers coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the goal droughts. The, I found four regular Flyers forwards that have not scored uh, in a minute, and one of them is Jordan Wheel, which doesn't surprise many people. He's got eleven games. Uh, is that played on the season or since he scored? Since he scored. It could be oh, both. Yeah. Uh, Scott Lawton, 13 games, which sounds, I mean, that's fair. He's, see, the thing with Wheel and Lawton to me is I finally get why people can't stand Jordan Wheel. And, like, again, he's not, he's still not at the top of the list of reasons that I hate this team or, like, why this team is annoying. But I, I, understand why people don't like him now it's because he 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 does a lot of flashy stuff like he'll make a lot of noticeable plays in the offensive zone but none of it's actually like tangible like none of it results in anything it's just all sizzle no he'll make yeah he'll make an offensive zone like takeaway and then he'll like set up a play or i'll make a nice cut to the net and then nothing comes from it and then it's like a basketball player who can do a crossover dribble but he can't he can't, like yeah he can't hit a lamp to save his life <laughs> yeah but it's like you know like watch all the you know like, like each man night, this guy like, oh. can move like ai but he can't shoot yeah. for shit you're like oh wow he's he's looking pretty good out there and then bam 11 game gold drop is that tyrone uh, lou technically <laughs> i don't know step over <laughs> i have to think of things that make me happy like the step over or, oh yeah i got gotcha. you know, yeah. I, I there's not much these days i, I mean go birds go birds yeah, go birds happy, yeah, but, you yeah. can talk about that um Scott Lawn, 13 games. I mean, again, he's Scott Lawn's never a guy that I'm going to think of like, hey, this guy needs to be scoring goals here, I guess. No, like, he's, he's Scott Lawton. He's a like bottom a six forward. Yeah, and he does a lot of other uh, pretty productive things for the team, like killing penalties, which I know is a joke for this team, but also also forward-checking and actually driving play. So, uh, Did he get name-dropped by, by friend of the show Ryan Lambert the other day? Oh yeah, as a must sign that's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars apparently to resign. So <laughs> be lucky. If, yeah, he'll be lucky don't. if it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, we we don't need to talk about that article. Um, Are but you the sure? Other two, I'll talk about it. Well, let's let's talk about these other two gold droughts. All right, like let's that. talk about these. Other, okay, okay. Two guys over twenty games. I mean, we already made fun of one of them, and not surprisingly, he's second on this list of gold droughts. So that should be another hint. Second uh, on this list of gold droughts. Just like he was second in 2017 because <laughs> he was already injured a lot. Uh, Nolan Patrick, 23 games. Nolan Patrick, 23 games without a goal, two assists over that time. Uh, his last goal was an engine goal against the Blackhawks. So he hasn't beaten a goalie in 25 games. A little, a little fun fact for you. Take that home. Ugh smoking and then kill yourself uh then oscar limblom has gone 28 games without a without a goal his last goal was in arizona on november 5th man poor poor limblom went from being a guy so, we were really super pumped about at the beginning of the season to a guy yeah. who 
I often forget is on the roster. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, I think he just became... Uh, kind of got in the doghouse a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of, uh, I think, Hacksaw trying to prove a point near the end of his run there, and then Gordon just kind of ran with the lines at first. Who He's finally back guy? up at the top six. Limblom, Limblom, who knows how to pronounce it? I'm Fourth line. And then uh, he did... I mean, he had Michael Kempney pass a puck to him directly in the neutral zone on Tuesday, and then he got an assist. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys, I, I think it's just things like that where Limblom and Patrick were expecting bigger things out of this year. And for one one reason or another, just uh, no, nothing's there. Nothing's happening right now. And uh, there, there was something there earlier in the year. And then Haxel was like, you know what? Fuck them. And then broke them up, and then it all, like, went to hell. But... Fuck him. Hopefully, uh, yeah, fuck him. Uh, Patrick did have a nice play tonight. Uh, I think, I don't know if we talked about that yet, but it's worth mentioning again. He did carry the puck through the neutral zone, deep pass, I think, Essa Lindell, and then had a nice shot go over the net. So uh, it was nice to see him do something that uh, can be recognized as an offensive attempt. So it's good that he is still <laughs> doing that. Uh, the Lambert article, I mean, did you read it? Of course not. Yeah, I mean, I read I got, it. I, I heard the know, gist. Like... I, I I didn't read it after I heard that uh, just some of the, the base factual inaccuracies or the, yeah, the, the subject mean... of the article alone was flawed, where it basically said that uh, the Flyers flaw is just uh, trying to be pretty good every year. It's like, did you watch the last four years? Because yeah, I was like, I don't know if you know, watch what, the whole Hextall tenure. What, whatever your opinion and like using up all their cap space and stuff. It's like whatever your opinion of the Ron Hextall tenure is there's one thing you can't deny. <laughs> it's that Ron Hextall's like main thing was clearing cap space and building up prospects. Yeah. I mean, like it wasn't life... yeah, even I, the staunchest Ron Hextall defender will very, very much admit that his thing was not trying to win really yeah. right now. It definitely was not. It was cap space and prospects. Yeah. I think my thing with Lambert is I really don't, care i don't know like i i know what his whole bit is it's i think he, i just wanted to talk about how sad his whole bit is like yeah i mean it's it just is. like i mean you're, he's a national you're such a dumb troll i just don't why do you even exist yeah but he's he's the national mike silsky like it's the it's the thing where you can really stretch one point of an argument out and make it like the focal point of why a team like why fans of a team look dumb for supporting that team, but there's a lot more context to that situation. Right. He's just—it's just all he's trying to do is piss off people, and uh, people bid on it. That's why you right. just don't <laughs> care what Ryan Lambert says. That's yeah. why you just don't care what Mike Silsky says. Like these are—you know—they're all just trying to fuck Just with roll you. your yeah. eyes at them and move on with your day. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But the problem so, is, I, uh, not everybody knows who these guys are, and yeah. when. When you troll like that, you pretty much are just looking for someone to take the link and outrage, share it on Facebook. Like, look at this asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe it, yeah. how wrong he is. That's like when somebody <laughs> shares one of my blog posts, not realizing they're a complete joke. <laughs> oh, that is true. That's a great way to get clicks, though. That's uh, probably what he's going for. It's just to be. Uh... Whereas I don't care. Actually, we should look at one of your flyper blogs and then compare it to a Lambert article and see how close they are in terms of probably pretty derogatory close. tone. Yeah, 
But uh, that's more than enough time I ever want to spend thinking or talking about Lambert before I die. So let's move on to something else. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I mean, do you want to do? Uh... Okay, let's talk about where they stand overall right now, and then we can talk about. Uh, we had a couple. Had Brian on Twitter uh, at Trezzolini ask me a question, and uh, when you look at the numbers, it kind of it's it's not close right now. But well. Right now, the Flyers came in tonight 31st in the league with 36 points. They won tonight, so now they are 16, 22, and 6, 38 points. 29th the... in the league now. They moved ahead Ooh, of the Kings 29th? and oh, Senators. Baby, all righty. They, well, they, they have one less point than the Devils. They have uh, one less point than the Red Wings. So they're, they're getting back in the yeah, thick they're of right it. they're right there, yeah. Um, oh, man, the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, they're all within spitting distance. The Blues... Hey. When you're looking up at the Coyotes in the standings, you know the season's going A-OK. Everything is great. The Coyotes try their hardest (laughs) to put together a great (laughs) hockey team. It's great. I've never been happier as a Flyers fan. So so right now, since the NHL changed their format to whatever the hell they want to call this uh, in 2013-14, the Dallas Stars of 2013-14 got in with 91 points. That is the lowest point total any team has gotten into the playoffs with since this format has been implemented. Uh, so in that case, the Flyers would need 53 points over the last 38 games, which would be a record of 23-8-7. Steven, this team is 1-8 and eight in their last nine, so I'm thinking uh, get your yaws tickets now, baby. Because we're we're doing this. It's vengeance time. I don't feel like Carter Hart's going to just get 45 save night after 45 save night. Team's going to scrape out nothing but two to one, two nothing wins, and uh, <laughs> it'll be the worst team to play <laughs> or watch in the postseason. So obviously, the, the real quick, all real right. quick. All the, right, all the right. With, uh, with Brian was he asked if the because we had mentioned before I dunked on the Avs a lot from two years ago. We did because they were the worst team. The Avs, statistically, in terms of points, were the worst team in the 30-team NHL era. So there were 30 teams in the NHL from 2000-2001 to 2016-17, and the Avs went 22-56-4 in 2016-17 for 48 points. A couple of things about that were they rolled with Calvin Pickard a lot. Or, sorry, Cal. Our good friend. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, great goalie. Loved him. Uh, he was their... I believe they're they're starting goalie that season, or the goalie that got the most amount of starts. Somehow with Varlamov, maybe he, I don't know. I think he, it was, I think that was the year with his uh, situation with his wife. Uh, and Patrick Wall also quit the team like a month before the season, which uh, I guess was we found out was a pretty big deal to leave a team and give a new coach just weeks before season starts, and uh, evidently uh, did some damage on the Avalanche. So the Flyers, though, to finish underneath 48 points, they would only need to get uh, 11 points over the next 43 games. Yeah, 43 games. Uh, Now, how many games do they have left? 38, sorry. 38. So they'd have to go 5, 33, and 1. You know, as, as much as this team pisses me off, I don't see that happening. Five thirty-two and one would be something. Also, it would give me something to watch for. Like, if you're going to be that bad, I, I would be interested to see if they could, could beat out that mark. They're not going to do that though. Like, they I would mean, have to be so hilariously bad. 
like Benny Hill music playing, slipping <laughs> and sliding all over the ice. Oh, actually, yeah, because they won tonight. Sorry, it's down to uh, nine points now. Jeez, oh, getting nine points. Yeah, bunch so of be bunch of overachieving bums. Four thirty-three and one. I think. Yeah, that's not happening. No, I, I I think we can still safely dunk yeah, on I those guys. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine dunking on them, but I'll also dunk on this team because they. Uh, they suck, and the worst part is they shouldn't suck, and I think that's what really, you know, pisses everybody off at the end of yeah. the day. Do you, I mean, in terms of the, the power rankings of frustrating Flyers teams over the years, where are you putting this one in terms of teams we've seen in our lifetime? I mean, the first one that comes to mind is 06-07, right? Yeah, 06-07 uh, uh, was awful. 16-17 sucked a lot towards the end. Yeah. Um, weirdly frustrating well, was the the ten eleven team because they started yeah. off that team they started off that season hot fire they were amazing and yeah. then they faded so hard in the second half yeah and they just sucked bad. in the playoffs that year that that team was just so colossally frustrating to watch in the second half but obviously yeah. that first half they were they were hot fire they were fantastic in that first half. And in fact, one of the best regular season flyers teams I've ever seen. Oh yeah. No, they, no, they were ridiculous. They should have had the president's trophy. They just had such a bad second half that they seeded yeah. it to the capitals, I believe. And, uh, this is up there though. I would say this is more frustrating than the team, uh, two years ago with, uh, ghosts, uh, sophomore slump and all that stuff. Ten game um, winning streak. And it looked like they were going to be in the playoffs. And then they just suddenly fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, I, I, think, I this yeah. team I think is much more frustrating to most people because the 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 expectation was a step forward. This is a better team in most ways than they had the last couple seasons. So, uh at least on paper, right? On paper, this should be a better team. Oh yeah, no. I I mean, I keep thinking of our expectations and how I wrote a poll before the season because I think the Vegas odds where the Flyers were going to finish with 99.5 points or whatever. So the, the poll question was, are the Flyers a 100-point team this year? And I think like 75% of the people said yes. And everybody, there were people in the comments that were like, how are they not get 100 points this season? Right. Like, and it, I remember some of the over-under stuff we talked about in on Broad Street Hockey at the beginning of the season. It was like, uh, is JVR going to score like 30 goals? Is yeah. like All this yeah. fun stuff. Like, is Drew going to get over 100 yeah. points again? Which the one guy who's doing well still is Claude Giroux who's got a a healthy point total change the record (laughs) I don't think he's going to get to 100 (laughs) points but you know the team is burning down around him but still Claude Giroux shows up every night and gets a point or two I mean that's amazing he's the man he's the pretty much just his career in a nutshell pretty much and uh, that's another thing man it's just like how bad it is that Claude Giroux has been just phenomenal throughout his Flyers tenure, but gets no national respect and really just no recognition outside of this area for his contribution. He's just a great player and doesn't get shit recognition wise because the teams around him have not, I don't think they've won a playoff round since that Pittsburgh won in 2012. No, they they haven't. That's a big factor. And especially like national guys, like we were talking about Ryan Lambert, you know, like, National guys claim to watch as much. Uh, well, they do watch as much of every team as they can, but 
you can only have so much attention span. Like, yeah, I know a lot well, about that, the Flyers because I yeah. mainly watch the Flyers. So you really can't know everything about every team. And guys like Claude Giroux go unappreciated because they're not making the big noise in the playoffs. And they're not the guy that gets featured on the like when you're in those later rounds in the playoffs, that's when guys notice you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a whole other thing with the uh, the national pundits who try and dunk on every team is they're, they're not watching every single game. And, you know, I mean, you, you physically can't. Flyers need a so goalie. Only getting... Maybe they yeah. need a defense, guys. <laughs> they need, I mean, they, they need a, a decent amount of stuff. Maybe they need uh... an offense. Maybe they need everything. I think it's just it's thing, so flat right now, man. That's that's yeah. my biggest thing. I think another thing that I'm kind of upset about uh, is that it turns out Yuri Laterra, you know, that was going to be a nice little joke about this year. It was like, oh, it turns out Yuri Laterra is, you know, he's Scarface. He's a you know drug kingpin, and oh my god, it's so crazy. Turns out he was just being a wuss and bought some cocaine, and then also helped his friend like rehab. So I mean, it's just we can't even get the whole international drug kingpin thing right this year yeah that's it's you know just let me have some fun let me think of him as scarface yeah and you know we're not gonna joke about the whole uh, somebody you know going through rehab and recovery and everything but at the same time god damn it you're you couldn't like we couldn't just hear one thing about like you backhanding somebody at the cottage because they got the order wrong or i don't know (laughs) we just needed one story to get us through this year, and it turns out Yori was just like, oh, "Can I get some cocaine?" Like that's the Excuse extent of Yori Latera. May, may I have one cocaine? <laughs> this is this is where I get the cocaine, right? That's instead of him, like just being the one that knocks. Turns out he's the guy. That just <laughs> he is the one who knocks, but it's very timidly. Yeah. yeah, it's very timidly, and just being like, "Is this a good time? Can I buy the coke now?" So. Hello, sir. May you spare some coke? <laughs> one bag. Uh, I mean, Steve. Also, because there's, we, we don't have any rhyme or reason in this episode because this team blows. But you want to, you want to go back to a staple? Do we typically true, uh, have segment? rhyme or reason? No, not usually. But there's a. Uh, you want to do a little bit of uh, taking it to the beats? Taking it to the beats. Taking it to the beats. Um. Okay. I mean, this is a uh, Sam Carcitti. I'm gonna pull Slam up. and Sammy. Slam and Sammy. Who? Are uh the stank. I mean he's had some he's had some opinions in the past. Uh but this one he tweeted out on I think it was Monday, right? Tuesday. Said something like, uh this is just to make everybody laugh uh today. And there's a picture of uh Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, AOC. Uh and it's a meme, so we're off to a good start. Uh, and it says, Nothing is built in America these days. I just bought a TV and it said built-in antenna. I don't even know where the hell that is. So I guess Sam That's a terrible joke. knew who AOC was and also thought this apparently was funny and then retweeted retweeted it uh, out to thousands of people. And then when people were like, hey man, why are you tweeting about politics? He was like, oh, I wasn't trying to be political. Uh, it was just, you know, just goofing around. Just guys being dudes, dudes so, being guys. I'll buy and that then... once from him because he is very much like, if anybody looks like they enjoy dad humor and might be a little clueless, it would be Sam Carcitti. Yeah. But he also doubled down on it today because he retweeted somebody 
who was saying that uh it to the beats. Yeah, you know, the have a joke in twenty nineteen so it'll get past all those social justice warriors, you have to have a license in comedy or some shit. So I mean he's really he's really not letting it go, I guess. And it's uh I don't wanna say it's surprising, it's just, you know, maybe maybe stick to hockey, Sam. <laughs> Stick to hockey would be my word of advice. A advice. dead serious stick to hockey for yeah. Craig Forsyth but, uh, here. Uh, but who doesn't, at this point in time, who doesn't know what Ocasio-Cortez looks like? You know what I mean? I feel like that's, I don't know. No, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. It, <laughs> Even Sam Cartini should know who, like... If it, I'm it, operating a, a Twitter thing. account that is primarily, like, for a major publication like the he's still the inquirers writer right like he's not yeah, like yeah. the the inky and the daily news aren't one awful yeah, entity right. at this point man i used to love the inquirer too just damn shame <laughs> but um like if i'm the beat writer for the philadelphia inquirer i am not using my flyers twitter account to post any sort of political joke or anything i'm just putting flyer stuff up there and see i don't I don't even know if the political joke is the part that gets me. I think it's just him being like, I don't know why everybody's freaking out. Like when they, when people responded to him, with like, mm. Hey, can you not tweet about politics? I think it's more him just Playing like if, I, if somebody tw- tweeted out something that was like <clears throat> dunking on Trump. And then when people were like, Hey, can you not tweet about politics? And if somebody responded with, Oh, I, I didn't know this was a political thing. It's like, well, you're tweeting about, trump like of course it's political i think that's the part that gets to me i was like how how could he put that out there and not think that it was going to be a thing that was going to rub people the wrong way i guess even if he doesn't understand that the meme is pretty i i don't think he I don't, you're I'm thinking re- he's completely ignorant to it i don't like, know I, no I, I wouldn't be surprised if what i'm saying like i yeah. think i don't I mean, know i fair. think he thought it was a dad joke and was like huh <laughs> This young person doesn't. I get uh, this. <laughs> yeah, th- this young person doesn't know uh, what an antenna is. <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure if that that's is, the case, but that might be it. ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you probably shouldn't use that account to tweet out political jokes. I mean, that's just oh, that's yeah. just my two cents. Just uh, maybe have a private account for something, some that fun stuff. That fun stuff. Yeah. That Built-in fun antenna. Stuff. <laughs> Kids don't hey, know what like an antenna hear- is something fun about the flyers though this is a terrible segue but oh my god since the actually i can do the math on this real quick coming into tonight under gore and the flyers penalty kill was up to 80 percent. they had stopped 28 of 35 i don't know how they did tonight so have, uh, but... have the flyers under gordon gotten better at special teams and worse at five on five they may have because that Question seems mark? to be the case here i mean I, i'd have to it, get a big and time nerd to crunch these numbers but until i get the like, nerds in their their pocket calculators to figure this all out i don't know why i'm talking like george yeah, w it, bush so it, i'll keep politics it, out of this but <laughs> until i can get the nerds to figure this all out and crunch those numbers uh it certainly seems that their five on five has gotten worse while their special teams have gotten better which is odd yeah i mean i could figure that out right now i'm still trying to figure out the pk thing you figure uh, that out it, 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 and i'm gonna start talking about something that penalty i would kill okay. oh, wait, or you can figure it out right now yeah the penalty kill is at 
81.1 underneath Gordon now. It was at 73.5 uh, the first 31 games of the season under Hackstall. <laughs> so it's going up a little. That's uh, probably the one positive thing. Everything else kind of feels like it's gotten worse. I don't know. They, they haven't been getting a lot of blown-out losses, but they also just have had some games where it looks like the offense is just never going to show up. And they're letting up a lot of shots right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, tonight they gave up 38. And Dallas definitely has some very talented offensive players, even if their CEO doesn't think they're that good. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, they still have, I mean, I tonight still wasn't exactly a, a great game. I mean, Hart made a lot of good stops, and he stopped Jamie Benn. And made 37 shots. And yeah. to Hart's credit, he almost had a shutout. Uh, Dallas scored late in the game. I'm actually kind of pissed off. He didn't get the shutout. I'm heavily invested in Carter Hart and little else. Like I really want a lot of these guys to rebound. I like a lot of these guys on the team. And frankly, a lot of these guys on the team should be around for a few more years. Cause they're very young, but regardless they're, they've all kind of got everybody disillusioned. Carter Hart is the one young buck. Who's like, man, this guy's hope for the future. This guy is our future. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's an interesting talking point though, because we were talking about Lindblom and Patrick. I'm not, I'm not giving up on either of those guys. It's just, I mean, right now, it's just they they aren't giving you anything. No, I think it, it's not going well for them right now. These they're were young, they're struggling, and yeah. there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel for them. And it was a thing where when you pointed out as the reasons why this team would take a step forward. You were like, well, Flynn going to get a full season. Patrick's going to be healthy coming out of camp. I mean, we were so excited about these guys coming out of camp where it looked like the second line was going to be Limblom, Patrick Voracek, and the shiny new toy, old new toy, JVR, was going to be a third liner. Like, that's how much production we were expecting out of these two guys. (laughs) And at the beginning of the year, I mean, Limblom and Patrick were on the second line, and they are right now, too. It's just not the same level of excitement or gusto i guess no because they're not doing what we expected out of them we expected them to produce like a second line and they're not doing it they're flat out not doing it right now yeah so craig i had a question for you one of the things that all right i'm ready okay so all ears baby (laughs) so with the transitions this year we've you know the major moves the the first big move was hextall into chuck fletcher uh, chucky two trades or as uh, some people have pointed out chucky no trades thus far and the chucky no trades angle is what i'm interested in because a lot of people assume because hextall was out that whoever the flyers were gonna hire was gonna make some deals come in wheeling and dealing make the flyers great again and so far Chuck Fletcher really has not done anything. No. Uh, and I, it looks like everything that Scott and Holmgren were saying when Fletcher was hired was lip service uh, about when Hexall was fired and Fletcher were brought in about how they're going to try and make some moves to get into the postseason this year. And it looks more like Fletcher is just going to kind of let it ride out until I, I think he's still going to do stuff at the deadline, but it's going to be a lot of a lot more selling and whatnot not really well especially wayne simmons like wayne simmons yeah. name is getting thrown I mean, around in every trade everywhere. world right now yeah so you, you have to trade him uh and there's probably gonna be some other pieces you can trade too as well uh but 
Yeah, I I think I think we talked about this last week too. It seems more like the decision to fire Hexall and bring up Fletcher was more about the idea that when the time comes to it, Fletcher would be more willing to part with prospects and picks in terms of deals than Hexall would be. Uh, and I still think I maybe Holmgren and Scott actually thought Fletcher was going to come in and just go buck wild immediately and start making trades. And then he didn't. And uh, maybe he said something about doing trade the deadline instead. But I mean, I still not really excited about Fletcher being the guy, anyways. No, no. I mean, just again, look back at that. Look at that track record in Minnesota, which I think Cap Friendly just added a feature today where you can look at the GM's history. And uh, oh, okay, good. Yeah. So, but like, you look at that track record, there's nothing really that's very exciting. And yeah. I, I don't I still don't know what to expect out of this guy. Like we had a, a slight idea, but like the the Flyers have a lot that needs to be course corrected. They have a lot that needs to a, a lot of uh prospects and picks that can be moved around. So there's a lot that can be done with the Flyers and a lot of ammo, if you will, to get it done. But it's just no clue what this guy's going to do when he's going to do it. And it doesn't feel like he's a wild card in that respect. It feels more like it just, who knows? It's just ambiguity. Yeah. And I see, I'm not, I think the thing with, I'm willing to part with picks and prospects, I guess it's just, I want it to be the right, picks and prospects for the right guys yeah, like, just, i'll I, even overpay a little bit but it has to be the right guy i, I just have a bad i just feel like this is all gonna be it's just all gonna go terribly from here on four he hasn't even done anything yet he hasn't made any big moves that's but what i'm saying he's, he's do, done nothing yeah i do People... enjoy how he's already gone to the uh the well of picking up uh, a goalie from from waivers which is Apparently one of the last draws with Hextall because he picked up a uh, picker. Yeah, he picked up a goalie from waivers, and he's, yeah, I guess he's called a couple guys up for no reason. Yeah. But yeah, like, nothing old, uh... nothing exciting. Like, this has been just completely uninspiring so far. And I, I don't know really how to feel about that. Um, It just, <sighs> it just feels like a whole bunch of blah. It does. By the way, that was one of the big debates I wanted to get into you, uh, talk to you about tonight. Was uh, I mean, who are you taking as the uh, third line center or fourth line center? I guess uh, Phil Veroni or Jordan Wheel. Who do you prefer? Um, big debate. Great. What? I guess Jordan Wheel's got more <laughs> offensive upside, while Phil Veroni uh, doesn't love to just turn over the puck left and right. So I guess Phil Veroni? I don't really care. I'm thinking Phil Veroni too, but yes, more importantly, who cares? I, <laughs> who I actually cares? Put, Let's can we talk I, about I the next year's the draft outline. already? <laughs> I put the note in the outline. Oh hell yeah, I'm not even looking up stats. Who said just all a Who tweeted right at us like, uh cuckoo for caco? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what actually I should I should probably start doing that. I should probably start doing we got to bring back draft corner because there's there's nothing else to fucking talk we about. Gotta, oh, we I talk about. Would love to talk about the draft. Talk about the uh, real quick. Going back to the games, I do want to talk about it. Simmons did score his two hundred two hundredth goal for the Flyers on um on Tuesday against the Caps. He became the fifteenth Flyer to score two hundred goals for the franchise. 
Uh, Bill Barber is first with 420, which is a very nice number. Very chill. Uh, and then Brian Prop is second with 369. Tim Kerr is third with 363. And Bobby Clark has 358. Uh, the only active player on this is Claude Drew with 228. So Simmons, I mean, Simmons did have some uh, pretty good uh, scoring seasons there for a while. Uh, and he is one of one, two. <laughs> did I say cuckoo for Kaka? was Kaka. So. Kaka for Kaka. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Is it Kaka? I, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why not? I, Why not? I tried to say it a couple of weeks ago and somebody dumped on me for it on Twitter. So that's, I guess that's my mistake for going on Twitter, but it is. Yeah. Log off. To, uh, stay, yeah. Uh, so uh, do you want to talk about the stadium series Jersey? Cause I, it's bad. I don't like it. Yeah. I'd love, I'd actually really like to talk about the stadium series Jersey. So first off, I'd love to see a professional picture of this thing because the picture we got right now is just like some wrinkled up, like straight from a box uh thing that the philly sports store philly team sports store which i think is uh, like 17th or something like that uh tweeted out and there's been no official look at this thing and it's kind of ridiculous it's bordering on ridiculous at this point because stadium series is what a month and a half away at this point yeah it's getting pretty close and they have had nothing in ways of merchandise or jerseys or anything. They completely missed Christmas, which is just stupid. I'm saying, yeah. It's the only stadium series this year, too. Like, normally there's a couple games. It's the only one. one. (laughs) I looked this up yesterday. It's the only one. they fucking botched this. They botched the shit out of this. One of the only two teams to play. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, and they don't even have shit for Pittsburgh either. And and Pittsburgh's one of the, you know, uh, they're a successful franchise. Unlike yeah. us right now, so that they'll certainly buy merchandise in droves. But the the leaked jersey, it's not. So it's not. I I wouldn't say it's the worst of the Flyers jerseys in recent years. I I would still give that to the the anniversary jerseys, frankly. Yeah. And I'm still. I wish there were there was more tweaking, on the last Stadium Series jerseys, the black ones, because I... like. I, I like yeah, but I can't read the numbers for shit, dude. Yeah, I I, 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 so. I saw them in person. I couldn't read the numbers for shit. They're terrible. Yeah. Uh, um, but fine. they're almost there. They're almost there. There's some good elements to that. So this one, I like the use of orange, kind of. I, I like the idea behind it, and I like the sleeves because they're the throwback like '80s '90s flyer sleeves where you have the the one stripe and then the full colored sleeve right 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 uh however the flat logo with just one monochrome color is weird i think it looks like shit one man's opinion i'm not a big fan of this jersey it's a shitty which is fine but but here's the thing though it's a shitty picture (laughs) it's a shitty picture yeah i do want to see a professional version but i don't know i i still like it better than the 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 gold jersey and yeah yeah. the gold jersey was terrible i feel like this jersey perfectly symbolizes what this season is, and uh, <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I didn't want this jersey to be good because I don't want to think about this season uh, ever again, past this point in time. <laughs> so I, that's why I kind of wish that they just doubled down on the 50th anniversary jersey and just made it more gold, and just went from there. 
Just an I love but... gold jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, Again, if like, they were uh... smart, they just would have done an homage to the 80s, 90s jerseys, which are very popular among yeah. fans. I don't understand how nobody in the Flyers marketing or jersey creating department or whatever, whoever is in charge of putting these jerseys together, if they haven't gone online or on Twitter or walked by a subway station and once heard, hey, I like those 90s jerseys with the Flyers, that orange. Bring back that type of orange. You haven't heard that once because I'm pretty sure everybody's been screaming that. Or like look in the crowd and see how many people were in throwback Hextall or Lindros. Or yeah, Remberg, Trent Clatt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those Trent Clatt out there. Dan Brian Cordic, Prop. yeah, all those. Yeah, Dan LaCroix. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, LaCroix. The whole Dan line. <laughs> Everybody's wearing the Dan line out there. It's great. But they're very popular jerseys still. Like, I don't understand yeah. why. In fact, I feel like they overcomplicate all these stadium series jerseys. Just wear throwbacks and people will yeah. buy them in droves. Yeah, I really do. I mean, you kept saying the 50th anniversary jersey, 50th anniversary jersey, but that's why I'm like I'm happy they're so bad because that season sucked, and now they're just they're just back there and, and that nobody's like you know we should bring those back. It's like no, nah, let's fuck that because fuck that season, and also <laughs> those jerseys are terrible. Let's leave them in the past. I I think the thing is like with these, I I want to like them a little more because I do really I I love when they embrace the orange and everything. But yeah, man, I really just that flat monochrome logo is just so yeah, weird they, to me, and it feels like almost a betrayal of the Flyers. It, it, like it, logo, I feel like it's just it's like a it's like a cheap jersey you get for a kid is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what it looks like, and then they're just like, "Great, let's put this on national television." Did I ever, tell, let... you, did I ever tell you about the weirdest Flyers jersey from when I was a teenager? Uh, no. There was this really weird like. So, number one, there's always, like, weird off-color orange ones floating around at all times. Uh But Mm -hmm. the most bizarre one that I actually owned one of these, too, and I never wore it because it was so weird, was this, like, it was, like, a powder blue or something like that with, like, darker blue Uh, and the Flyers logo. (laughs) I got it. I'm like, what is this? What the (laughs) hell is this? That's pretty wild. It's super weird. The weirdest jersey I think I had was not not kidding. I'm pretty sure it was this color, but they put it on like the old. It was before they had brought back the orange back in 2009 or whatever. So it looked like the jerseys that they had in the 70s. Oh, Craig, I just but found it, it. I'm gonna send it over to you. So it was just of the jersey you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, the the blue okay. one, the blue monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really weird it looks like kind of like the here's here's your transition kind of like the all-star jerseys this year where they just slapped like nice they just dude. slapped everybody's segue. logo onto the sharks jerseys which is yeah. so weird um it looks like they slapped a flyers logo onto another team's jersey yeah did you text it to me or did you put it in the notes i here? texted it oh, to you, you just now. To me. let's take a look at this bad boy Ooh, that is fucking weird. It's fucking weird. <laughs> and it, apparently it's starter, which sounds right, which is just like a starter yeah, sitting around. It's like, you know what the Flyers need? Some baby blue with some navy blue. 
<laughs> just somebody at their their meeting. Hey, what co- two colors don't fucking go with the Flyers colors? Because we're gonna make that a jersey. <laughs> what could go and worse with orange and black? Us money for it. <laughs> you know, blue on blue and white. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, those all. We, you want to talk about those All Star jerseys? Uh, I don't really have. They they just don't look great to me either. No, Maybe they I'm don't. They don't a... look great. And just real quick before we on that, I just want to make sure I had uh, given the proper uh, props to uh, the listener that had mentioned uh, Kaka for Kako. That would be uh, Magic's Gopher. That uh, always ah. good to give the proper props for these things. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a couple more of those coming. So if you're we do a we faithful do. listener. Uh, you can stay through all three hours of this, and you're probably all your name. three hours. <laughs> Why not at this point? I mean, we got to talk yeah. about the Blue Jackets and Bob too, so there is stuff to talk about. There's some spicy stuff going on, yeah. uh, but I think uh, there were okay. So we can talk about what. So from this point on, what do you want to see? Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, I remember what I was going to say before we moved on. Okay. Um, with the All Star jerseys. Somebody had replied to me that did you see the reveal like gifts that they put out of them or videos where it was no, like them floating saw... in water? No, I didn't see that. No. Yeah, somebody had replied to me on that and said they... oh, Shut up, shut up. Give me a second. <laughs> Good God. You son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Uh, basically, somebody replied to me and said that each one of them reminds them of the cover of uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was uh, Spencer B28. Every time I see these jerseys, I just hear the beginning of Come As You Are. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I guess that would be fitting. I think I saw, like, see, I saw pictures of it, but I didn't see, like, the GIFs or, like, the video. Of, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, like, floating and it's, like, introducing weird. the yeah. All Star jersey from 100%. Recycled material from the ocean, which is cool and all, but why doesn't have it a better? Why doesn't it have a better design? Yeah, what's Adidas even doing? Just give the jersey rights <sighs> back to CCM. Yeah, CCM. Yeah, true. Let's go old school, old school hockey. <laughs> go okay. to Toronto. Easy, easy done. Easy done. Bring Wayne Simmons to Toronto. Okay. All right. So. What do you want to see the Flyers do for the rest of the season? I put down the very facetious answer of uh, I want to see them become a traveling percussion band that tours North American cities year-round collecting spare change in the hearts of the local townspeople. That's what I put in the notes. But what do you actually want them to do? I would, I mean, it's pretty much just sell and watch hard. Yeah. Right? No, that's that's pretty much it right there. I mean... You gotta sell. I love Wayne Simmons to death, but it's go. time. It's time. And I'm frankly, still... you're never gonna get better value for him than you're gonna get right now because teams really seem to want a guy like Wayne Simmons who's gonna come in, give you a little jam, give you a little grit, give you a little hustle. Guy who's gonna come in and maybe lay a big hit on somebody or score. A... It, Wayne Simmons seems like the guy who you bring in and just he doesn't do anything. But then in, say, game three overtime of your playoff series, he scores that winning goal, and everybody goes nuts. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fair. That does sound like him. I'm still 
deciding whether or not I want to trade Jake is my thing. I've defended Voracek a lot, and like he's, he's super talented. The guy, his underlying numbers, numbers this year are bad, right? But he's like his his point production is still there. I think, but I think I'm at the point where I I I think you have to trade him at this point. I don't yeah, know if you're ever going to get the right value, but. I yeah. think he needs a change of scenery. I think the Flyers kind of need to move on. And again, nothing but love for Jake and all he's done here. But I just think it just feels like time to go, right? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Is you, you look at all the people they've already changed out and how they've changed a couple coaches and GMs underneath him. And uh, I talking about shaking up the core and not trading Drew. You're already talking about trading Simmons that leaves you with Voracek too and I wonder how much you know if it's a inside the locker room type thing I wonder how much a player like Jake hurts or helps that situation uh, and we don't know because we're not in there but I don't know I, I don't think I, I would be totally against trading him right now I had to I want to you know I'll, I'll keep thinking about that but it's uh it's something that I, I keep coming back to as the next big thing they can do I also don't know I think We're it's the biggest the move they can make and not look like complete morons. Cause I think yeah. if you trade a Couturier or you trade a Giroux, you're never getting oh, yeah. the proper value for one of those guys. And man, Giroux's contract, which a couple of years ago, people were just bitching and moaning about looks pretty good right now. Well, yeah, for the point I mean, production, at, obviously in a couple of years, yeah. we could, we'll probably be singing a different tune, but as long as Claude Giroux is producing like he is right now, Paying him between eight and nine looks great. Yeah. And I mean, during that time, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, was, I, we, I threw out the idea of trading him just at the time because of how many years were left. And then these last two seasons have obviously changed my mind. He should have been on a steady decline. Uh, I mean, you usually don't see a player turn it around like, like this at his age. So, but I, I still, I, I guess I'm back in the nut. I, I don't think I trade Drew. No, no I don't think what, you trade right Drew. Now. I don't think you trade Couturier. Yeah. I think Simmons and Voracek are the guys. Yeah. Uh, what about anybody on the? I mean, you would look for people for McDonald. But that's <laughs> somebody not wants to take McDonald. Sure. If somebody wants to take yeah. Gouda. Uh, sure. What about? Uh, what about Hag? I would trade Hag. I would trade Hag too. I, I think wonder... he's the least necessary part of the defensive core right now. And I, I would like to see. I want to see Myers and Friedman. Uh, I, I think see Gutis, Myers and Friedman definitely. Gudis is a guy too that I, I think a team that is heavy in the analytics would still trade for Gudis. Uh, I think also I think, a team that just wants a guy who's going to hit guys in the mouth might take Gudis. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes I, I feel like, you got teams that are looking for that playoff push, and like I want a defenseman who's going to get in the <laughs> crease and cross check a guy unnecessarily, but who gives that spark to the team. Yeah. I don't know, like, tough guys are still, they're not the commodity they once were in hockey, but because oh, they're no, so they, rare, they're still valued. Yeah, and I mean, a tough guy like Wayne Simmons, who can still, you know, we watch Simmons every day, but that that game on Tuesday wasn't pretty, but guess what, he scored a goal. Like, he, he's still putting up, he's still scoring goals and getting points, and... Well, it's doing kinda, things that people that want Wayne Simmons are going to trade for Wayne Simmons. What's kind of funny is the national perception of Wayne Simmons is definitely under what the local perception is. And the national opinion of Claude Giroux is like, basically people think Wayne Simmons is great outside of Philly and people think Claude Giroux is overrated outside of Philly. 
And really, it's the opposite way where, again, I can't say enough how much I absolutely love Wayne Simmons, but that guy just is not, he's not what you need him to be five on five. And he's not producing on the power play like he used to right now. Nah. Yeah. Yep. But But uh, Claude Giroux is just an all around great player. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) It's it's just, it's interesting to me that the perception is so drastically different. It is. Yeah, it really is. Considering, I mean, yeah, I mean, we already did the whole thing defending Drew last week, but it's kind of... Yeah, we don't need to defend him again. Because yeah, yeah. I, and that. I think it's coming back around in Philadelphia because of his MVP year and him just still producing in a tough year like this where people are like, no, Claude Giroux is tremendous, great flyer, so whatever. The big thing is, you're never going to get a better value, I think, for Wayne Simmons than you will right now. And I, I really think... If Chuck Fletcher re-signs Wayne Simmons to a six-plus million dollar deal, man, that is an instant strike yeah. against Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing now is that I'm going to base Fletcher, like, guy, uh, great Fletcher on it. It's just how much of this team is going to keep, like, seeing this season and being like, great, keep everybody here. Like, I kind of... is. There's less action from him at the deadline, at the trade, at the uh, at the draft, and then in free agency. I'm going to be kind of kind of worried about what he what he's planning on doing. Uh, but I mean, well, th- this is all shit that we we still have to wait a month and a half for the trade deadline now. And I, looking at back at Holmgren in his first uh, uh, Holmgren and his when he came in in oh six oh seven. He had this. He had this couple months here too, where the team was absolute trash, and he didn't do anything until the deadline. So, I guess this kind of lull is expected, and also it's kind of a weird spot because the GM came in in the middle of the season. But we, got to, we just got to hope that at the deadline, stuff actually does happen and actually goes down. I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. There's one big move that we pretty much consensus no he has to make and that's Wayne Simmons so I I think that's going to be your first real test and I think trading him at the deadline is really where you're going to get max value this is the one guy you can kind of cash in on get something nice to rebuild your team and I think a lot can be done in the offseason so unfortunately it's going to suck for a little bit it's definitely going to suck and we're going to have to kind of put up with it but I really think if you're somebody who's dissatisfied with what Hextall did, Hextall definitely has a lot in the pipeline that Chuck Fletcher, hopefully he's the guy, can use to shape this team into what I think everybody thinks it should be and what it could be. There are a lot of great players on this team, and I think it's just maybe moving some parts, bringing in certain guys, you know, like there's just some shifting to be done, but... I do think you've got the pieces to move around and make this team pretty great in the future, but there's just a lot of big question marks and a lot of work, a lot to be done that I really can't say what needs to be done. And I guess we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the, the, the suffering, the going through these, you know, however many games they got left now, 40, whatever, uh, or 38 now, uh, 
it's absolutely fine by me if we end up getting Jack Hughes or Capo Cacao or whatever the hell. I, I'm cacao. never going to be able to run. Yeah, Cacao. I'm never going to be able to run. Let's just go Cacao. But speaking of Cacao, uh, Finland ended up beating the USA 3-2 in the gold medal game. Cacao had the game winner with 126 left in regulation. Oh, wait, wait. No, I got it. You know what his <laughs> name is? Wow. Hmm. What's this now? Wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, we can go with this. By the way, actually, real quick, speaking of that, somebody, um, Frank Haynes one on Twitter, put a or shared a uh, Instagram video of Owen Wilson wowing over Voodoo Child's Light Return by Jimi Hendrix. Did I watched that? that just before yeah, we started it was, recording, okay. and it was, it's it pretty, was pretty great. So thank you for sending that along. That was <laughs> tremendous. Uh, so Kawau scored with 126 left in regulation. Noah Cates, Flyers prospect, uh, 2017 draft pick. Uh, pair of secondary assists on Alexander Chemilevsky and Josh Norris's goals for USA, uh, even though they lost. And I think the biggest deal over the weekend was Clem Costin, who I don't know if you I don't know if you saw what he did, Stephen, but he. Tossed his helmet and gave his watch for being named one of the top three players in the game to somebody else, and then also yelled at the crowd after Russia lost to USA uh, to be knocked into the bronze medal game. And then at the bronze medal game, he scored a goal and then plugged his ears so he couldn't hear people booing. <laughs> so pretty much he's a boss is what I'm getting from Clint Costin. He's uh, basically a wrestling villain. <laughs> yeah, six six points in seven games for Russia at the tournament. Eleven points in twenty eight games for the San Antonio Rampage this season. The HL team. Oh, that's a name right there. The San Antonio Rampage. That is where it's at. St. Louis Blues. He was the thirty first overall pick in twenty seventeen. I remember talking about him on the draft corner. I think he was the top ranked European skater, but he only played eight games in his draft year, so his draft fell a little bit. But he's supposed to be uh, supposed to be pretty damn good. So that was the big World Junior Championship news. Uh, Steve, I think the main thing that we have left that I want to initiate as a recurring segment on this show. Uh, so we have to talk less about the Flyers. <laughs> uh, you know, you know where I'm going with this. No, I don't know the, yet. I'm excited. Uh, so this week on Monday night, uh, the new season of The Bachelor started. And I don't watch. Steven, do you watch? I do not watch. That is not my wheelhouse. I know Pretty much that the, my... The only reality, or related to reality I can stomach, is cooking shows. And that's basically cooking sports. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but my brother Ian, uh, I believe, hate watches it with his girlfriend. And uh, so I decided that each week, and I text Ian to see what happened on The Bachelor this week. He would give me an update. We would share it, not knowing any of the names or any of the people or what he's talking about, just to get a Twitter reaction. So the text I got from him today, or yesterday, I should say, uh, he was re-watching the episode because he was not able to watch on Monday night. And he said he was in, this is what he said about the episode. Quote, so far not digging it. Like we're an hour in and we haven't yet we haven't even gotten to a single limo yet, question mark. And they're calling Chris Goose now, two question marks, end quote. <laughs> so I guess Chris is the host. Is that where 
Is that safe to say? I, I don't know. He's the one wheeling dealing roses, I guess. Uh, and apparently the wheeling and dealing the roses. You get a rose. You get a rose. You no, nah, I'm good. The bachelor was a former Eagles player, or he was on the Eagles practice squad. I don't know if you saw that either. Colton Underwood. Oh, of course. Colton Underwood. Okay, come on. But also, I think Goose is a nickname we need to talk about. I feel like Goose. It just implies being the best friend who dies. Yeah, I I feel like for Top Gun. Sorry, guys. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Top Gun yet, see just ruined it for you. I would never do that. (laughs) Ruined The Shining, and now I ruined Top Gun. Shining. That's right. I was gonna say, what was the other movie you ruined for me like a month ago? The Shining. Yes, from from (laughs) nineteen eighty. And Top Gun from. I don't know what eighty eight. Who cares? Yeah, spoiler alert, Rosebud. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. They play slide. shirtless volleyball in Top Gun. Spoiler alert. Uh, he was dead the whole time. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, what are some other ones? Spoiler alert. Uh, the dinosaurs get out. <laughs> okay. Right. Life found a way. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert! Blue dies. Or blue dies. Yeah. Oh, no, not blue. <laughs> My boy, blue. So yeah, that's a new weekly update. Uh, Ian updates us on the bachelor. So, so we're gonna have Ian's bachelor update and Steve's uh, spoiler alerts. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, we should also do draft corner because I think it's just it's tough to break down the on ice product now because it's just I I don't know like who. They're not gunner for the playoffs, and I feel like there can be. It's not like guys are really fighting for jobs. Yeah, and it's I, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of hard to break everything down because they're all a good chunk of the team is underperforming, and I don't know. Whatever. We'll 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 we'll, cross we'll just have to take it week there. by week. But yeah, I, week by week, we'll Carter Hart happens. is the big thing. Carter Hart is the thing to continue watching for because that guy. It's his development is everything because we always talk about the big flyers deficiency being goaltending and the flyers having a guy and, Ooh, I got a transition. Actually, I got a transition. So we always talk about the flyers not having a proper number one goalie and how difficult it can be to find that guy. And a few years ago, the flyers had a guy, uh, they didn't know it at the time, trade him away to the Blue Jackets, thinking they had a guy in Ilya Brzezgalov. Oh, and now, Sergei Bobrovsky, two-time Vesna winner, is in the doghouse in Columbus in his contract year. I'm giving you a very gentle golf clap, because that was a very impressive uh, segue right there. So, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you want to talk about uh, good old Bob? You're off the force, Bobrovsky! <laughs> So Sergey Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky. Yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky is apparently got suspended for just one game for doing something. And I'm going to read uh, Kekalainen's uh, quote here. And Craig, I had offered if the Flyers had beaten the Capitals for you to decide an impression that I do well at some point in the show. And they didn't beat the Capitals, but you know what? They beat the Stars, and let's celebrate the end of this losing streak by you deciding what impression I'm going to read this Kekalainen quote in. It might be recency bias, but I kind of want you to do Al Pacino. <laughs> you want Al Pacino? <laughs> Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! There's certain expectations and values that we've established for our players 
It's almost verging on Chris Walken at this point. <laughs> Got a great ass. <laughs> I define our culture. An incident occurred in which Sergey failed to meet those expectations and values. So he made the decision that he would not be with the team. This is almost John Taffer at this point. <laughs> and he would not be with the team for tonight's game. It's an internal matter. And we'll have no further comment at this time. Shut it down. John Taffer, Kekalainen, the GM <laughs> of the Blue Jackets. Uh, but So they're talking about expectations and values and uh, incidents and such. It's all very, very vague. But from what I've gathered, Bob got pulled against the Lightning, let up four goals. It was the Lightning, so it makes sense. But Bob's also a, a Vesna winner, so you have higher expectations. So he gets pulled in the game, has some sort of confrontation with Tortorella, and gets suspended for a game uh, with this this team statement. But the thing is, it's his big contract year, and Bob is expected to sign for a lot of money after this year. And a statement like this being released is, if Columbus wanted to trade him, this is a tough statement to put out there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a tough statement for their relationship with this player if they're trying to re-sign him. And it's very much looking... Like both Panarin and Bobrovsky are going to end up playing out the rest of this year. Columbus is not going to trade them, and they're probably not going to re-sign either of them. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that. Does and that's not up. Columbus's choice, mind you. Columbus would love to re-sign both these guys, but it just seems like neither of them have really any interest in continuing no. to play in Columbus. Uh, what we call Jeff Carter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Most most Americans syndrome is the. Oh, it's fair. Yeah, it's so. extremely. I was going to say. Uh, I mean, if uh, you know, it seems like uh, Provowski is available. I guess maybe coming to the Flyers wouldn't be the worst idea because, uh, I mean, the Flyers haven't won a first round playoff series in a while, so it's not like we'd be missing the beat if we brought in Bob. You know, there's no. He wouldn't have to win here. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. If I could, I would. Just I think wish this I current ownership would I just be happy even world. making the playoffs. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. It's a fair point for whoever signs Bobrovsky ultimately, and it doesn't really make much sense for the Flyers to get him right now. If they didn't no. have Carter Hart, I would be yeah. more in favor of such a move for trading and signing Bobrovsky. But fact is, you've got a really highly touted prospect right now who's doing pretty impressive at the NHL level, considering the circumstances he's in. And you need to nurture that. You need to bring in a guy like uh, this guy who was with the blues for a while, who, you know, would play in tandems and uh, I got you. Brent Johnson, baby. Brent Johnson. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, Al McGinnis. No, uh, <laughs> Scott Mellonby. Scott Mellonby. <laughs> All goes back to that. Brian Elliott. I'm yes. of course talking about Grant Fjord. But <laughs> no, Brian Elliott, yeah, who's on the roster already, of course. I forgot he played for the Blues. <laughs> he did play for the Blues for a while. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, I, honestly, if Brian Elliott was healthy, he would be a good backup to Carter Hart. And yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Flyers move on the goaltending front in the offseason. But I really don't feel like this is the proper move for them moving forward because you essentially don't want a Bobrovsky carter hart with bobrovsky yeah yeah we we don't need the uh bobrovsky inception uh the flyers goaltending situation here but i also yeah like he's I believe i called it brizception the first time oh nice 
Um, he he's just gonna want to. He's too expensive of a guy to be the veteran that shows Carter Hart the way, or like well, be the and guy. He's also that, looking for what, like nine, ten mil. That well, that's what I mean. Like he's just gonna be he, worth too much. He wants to be to the be starter. Here. He wants to be the guy yeah. wherever he goes, and we want Carter Hart to be the starter. We want Carter Hart to be yeah. the guy, and we just want an experienced hand to be in there and and basically be his uh his Obi Wan Kenobi sit there and yeah then disappear one day so brian elliott's perfect because clearly he will just turn into dust one day he can disappear like nobody's business yeah yeah ideally you have michael norris who sometimes i'm i don't even think sign him for another 20 years i think is the way to go <laughs> the thing oh yeah you gotta lock that too. down you get a Neuverth in your possession you lock that down if you look back at hextall's tenure i think the things that'll like when you r.i.p.d uh ron ultimately it's his loyalty to Dave Haxtall for God knows what reason and his bizarre goaltending choices, like bringing back Michael Neuverth for another stint, despite the fact that the guy basically plays on uh, no legs whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I would say, you know, lock down Neuverth, but if you touch him at all, like you, you can't really physically lock him down. You'd have to let him, he's going to get hurt one way or another. If he's, he's probably going to get hurt signing another contract, honestly. You know, yeah, I heard he just got rest. hurt getting out of bed to take a pee. <laughs> just now. Take a pee. That's th- just I now I know. heard about it somehow. That's the thing is they need another stopgap goalie, but I'm pretty sure the Flyers have used every single available stopgap goalie this league has to offer over the last two years. So I do not even know who was out there. It would make sense. It's it almost be a guy worth wondering. That's going to be cool going with 40 to 45 teams this next season. It's almost worth wondering if somehow he comes Don't. back healthy from his current injury, if oh, Anthony boy. Stolarz might be your tandem oh, guy. I cannot. I don't know if I can get behind a hard Stolarz tandem for next I know. Season. I feel like you need an experienced hand behind the wheel. Ah, God, I if I had any faith that Brian Elliott wasn't dead, I'd actually, I think yeah. Brian Elliott yeah, would dead, actually though. be a good like call because he can play that. well as long as he's not playing 40 games in a row and then dying. I just love how Elliot's original injury that game against the Devils was like, he's going to be out two weeks. He's fine. And then it just progressively keeps getting worse. And the Flyers like, no, he's he's guys. He's fine. It's like, we just see him being taken into the ICU and they're like, look, minor thing. He'll be skating tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's just, he's <laughs> not anywhere. I feel like he's still not even close to. I haven't heard anything about him in a while. I haven't. They gave that update. Like what? Last week or two weeks ago. I don't Something remember like what that? they said. Yeah, I'm going to look for the latest update right now and yeah, I'll, I'll let you know what I find. Gonna, he's going to be starting on Saturday. That's <laughs> that's going to be what Ryan Elliott. Well, while start. you're doing that, I can do the rest of the, uh, okay. The week, so right actually I already have it. So oh. as of Thursday, January 3rd. So last, last week, week, yeah. Chuck Fletcher, Chucky, no trades. Hopes Elliot will be able to resume tra- skating this weekend and return to practice in 10 to 14 days. So maybe another week. Maybe. An- maybe that's just the tagline for Brian Elliott's stay here. Maybe, maybe another, another week. week. Maybe another week. Norbert's just, he's not dead yet. And then Elliot's could be just another week. He's fine. He's, guys, week. he's fine. It's still good. It's still good. 
just nothing but a guy just raising up his hand. No, it's yeah, we're good. We got this. Yeah. But, oh man, but I, I I just wonder what happened with that Bobrovsky thing, man. Like I want to know what yeah. he said. Like because I can't believe Torts has lasted that long in Columbus. Like he's I would have thought this would have. I thought yeah. he would have blown up like a year ago, and he's had a pretty solid tenure so far. I I can't believe he's lasted this long after like two months in they traded Johansson. Like, right. They traded Johansson for Jones. And then just no, there's no other fallout. Like, uh, I felt like Cam Atkinson would have been gone by now. He's small, doesn't block shots all the time. Uh, Zach Wierenski feels like a guy that would have already been traded. Looks like a soft defenseman. Like, there are guys that I thought would have also gone the way of Ryan Johansson underneath uh, Tortorella, who, by the way, got a 600 to win tonight. But uh, apparently... Apparently not. I f- he has a shelf life, though. He's one of those coaches that, like, eventually the entire team is just going to hate him because he's uh, he's a dick. That's <laughs> his big coaching motivation. Is he's a gigantic dick? So that you would you would have thought this would have come to a head earlier, for lack of better terms. Um, but anyway, do the rest of the league. You want to to go around the league here? Let's go you got more around thoughts. the league. <laughs> Bring it around the league. All right, all star head coaches: John Cooper, Todd Reardon, Paul Maurice, Bill Peters. There you go, all star head coaches. Make sure you remember that when you're watching. Um, some injuries: Nick Schmaltz is out for the season with a knee injury. Schmaltz. Johnny Brodzinski is out definitely with a shoulder injury. Fake Nikolai Ehlers is name. out. Not Nikolai Ehlers, it's Johnny Brzezinski. Like, what is that? Nikolai Ehlers is out until mid-February with a UBI. Damn. It'd be Ehlers syndrome. Uh, Zach Aston-Reese out indefinitely with UBI. uh, With a classic case of UBI. Uh, Patrick Hornquist is out indefinitely with a concussion. Jonathan Quick became the fifth USA goalie to win 300 games. Steve, can you name the other four? Sadly, I've already looked at the list. You son of a bitch. I'm following along with you on Around the You're League. You're the worst so I apologize. goddamn co-host. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, Ryan Miller, can I run him down for you? I, uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, do, do uh, Brian Boucher's favorite goalie, Ryan Miller, with 374. Uh, John Van Beesbrook also tied for that. The Beezer. With 374, who I'll never forget for uh, allowing one of the worst goals I've ever seen. A center ice goal uh, from Nashville that was thrown very high in the air. And he kind of got stuck looking at the lights and it went right behind him. Great, great goal for the Beezer. Also, racist, right? Uh, Yes. Well, I I don't know if he is racist, but if he isn't, he practices the act of what racists often do uh, by calling Trevor Daly. A particular word. Yeah. Okay. Good so, times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Barrasso, three sixty nine. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And Flower Towns, Mike Richter with three hundred one. Flower Towns, Mike Richter. I can't believe he only has three hundred one wins. Right. Especially considering a lot of those Rangers teams he played for, like Were he played for some nuts. good teams. Yeah. So maybe maybe his career wasn't as long as I thought it was, but. Well, you know that's uh, there you go. that's what happens with the shit ass Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle was traded. John Entwistle's in the nephew. OHL, right? yeah. RIPD, John Entwistle. Uh, for those of you asking who that is, see what I did there? Uh, oh. The story. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac Ratcliffe uh, getting a new teammate with uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, who's a Blackhawks prospect. Uh, 
he was traded from the Hamilton Bulldogs for two second-round picks in 2020, a third-round pick in 2020, a third-round pick in 2021, and a third-round pick in 2023. I just like doing these OHL trades because sometimes there's like 19 picks traded for one guy. And Mackenzie Atwistle is pretty good, but he's not like the end-all, be-all guy in the OHL right now. But still, what was that? Six picks? Five picks for one player. It's kind of funny to me. Mike Peluso, a former player, is suing the Devils because of uh, concussion issues, which sounds uh, sounds about right. It's where yeah. the league is. It's where and the league then... is, and also it's the Devils. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this last one uh, from – now, this is a question that I thought we could dis- discuss here because we haven't talked about this topic in a while. But uh, Mike Y on Twitter – a long-time listener, wanted to know if you thought this Patrick Kane goal was a gentleman's backhander. I tend to think it's not. I have my reasons. Uh, well, and I would think first and foremost is because Patrick Kane is, uh, there's nothing Patrick gentlemanly not a, about Patrick Kane. Uh, yeah, he's not a gentleman himself, which is a big knock on it. But also the idea behind a gentleman's backhander is it's supposed to be done with elegance and grace, you know. Very casual. Hey, I got to score this goal. Like we we all know, I have to score this goal. I don't want to do it to you, but I'm not going to upstage you. I mean, dads I like... everywhere love the gentleman's backhander because yeah, you know what they're, they're doing when they score that. They're they're acting like they've been there. Yeah, it's you know, you know you're you're doing your job. You're not you're not celebrating. Do it's your not job. Act like you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Assholes dads hate touchdown celebrations. It's astounding. I've, if you did a national poll. Of dads who hate touchdown celebrations, it's at least ninety nine percent. I f- but I feel like this goal. It was uh, by the way, it was Patrick Kane's goal on David Rich on Tuesday, I think. But he got the puck, was went around a few Flames players, and backhanded a shot from along the goal line that bounced off of Rich and in. I feel like it's not a gentleman's backhander because he is kind of upstaging Rich by banking it in off of him on a ridiculous angle and then he was a little cocky about it after he did it so i feel like that is the opposite of just scoring a goal that you have to score because you know you have to score goals but he's not trying to he's not trying to embarrass anybody i feel like this was a goal that he was embarrassing the flames goaltender so the final ruling clarify the final ruling from judge craig is no (laughs) that's right this has been Judge Craig's yeah, courthouse. <laughs> I just have a picture of the people's court thought going on. Uh, yeah, so not a gentleman's uh, back in Mike. So thanks for listening. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's all we got. We, that, was, about... that was plenty. That's quite a bit. We talked, I don't even know what we, we talked, talked about. We talked about The Bachelor. We talked about Bobrovsky. We talked about the greatest debate of our time, Verone versus Wheel. We yeah, talked about yeah, Carter Hart. Yeah. And Carter Hart's cool. And uh, we did not mention, the one thing uh, I have on the notes that we did not mention is, uh, so the Eagles, the Philadelphia football Eagles, uh, narrowly oh, yeah. escaped in Chicago thanks to a, a tipped finger and uh, general incompetence of uh, Cody Parkey. <laughs> tipped finger. <laughs> Cody Parkey. The, the, the finger, the fingertip tipped the ball. That's how it goes. But uh, the, the, the Eagles escaped chicago and they have to go down to uh new orleans you ever heard of it and uh 
play play the New Orleans New Orleans Saints. And uh, apparently, I don't I forget where looks like it was an NBC Sports article I linked here, but apparently Saints coach Sean Payton is uh, from Dalcow and knows some Flyers trivia. Good for him. So, uh, yeah, but uh, also at the same time, you know, it, it's nice that he knows about like uh, Reggie Leach and all that. But uh, at the same time, uh, fuck him, go birds. Yeah, fuck him big time. I can't stand Sean Payton. Oh, he's I've he's hated an him asshole for a while. That's why that loss earlier this year sucked real hard because he is he's real. He's got a real back, smug but... face. You know, he 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 can't do a gentleman's backhander. Oh no, he would never be able to pull it off. Also, yeah, I don't think he can skate. But also, I have you seen Delco Proper? Have we ever talked about that on here? I saw the, the pilot episode. The and pilot said, is well, the only one it's seen. like they they took Always Sunny and decided to put it in Delco, and that's, <laughs> that's literally the pilot. I the pilot's the only one I've seen, and it cracks me up. I don't know why. It, it's yeah, I don't know. It's funny. It's good. If you're looking for Comedy Central shows from about five years ago that just aired that online. did not last, that just went online. Boy, do we have a series for you. You're gonna love it, Dude, Craig's Craig's weird recommendation of the week. <laughs> I could go off a lot of them, but we'll stick with the Delco uh, Delco proper. There you go. There you go. What? Do you, how are you feeling about the game on Sunday? I think they lose. They probably lose, but uh, yeah, I, I don't at think the same it's gonna time, be anywhere near what. At the same time, uh, fuck them. Go birds. Yeah, you never know. And uh, go birds, most importantly. Yeah. It's just nice for another week to be able to just have a instead of saying goodbye, you just say go birds. Yeah. That is true. Go birds. Well, folks, I know we've had some scintillating conversation about Sergei Bobrovsky and uh, gentlemen's backhanders and Carter Hart, who is just the best and the Flyers are the worst. But that's about all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep. And uh, I will say it's. Uh... A little bit of a week. I did not do the return flights this week. I will do them. They, they play the Caps and the Stars again soon, so they'll definitely do them by then. Now, Craig, also, you got some stuff going on audio-wise over the next I week. I do. That is I was going to say very interesting. That might not involve me, which I am uh, personally upset about. Yeah, Kelly Henkel is finally fulfilling her lifelong goal of going to the moon. So she's going to be away this week, and I am doing the checking out the competition. The moon? How's she? How's and she I'm there? also going to. She I know don't know Elon Musk. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to be doing out the checking out or checking out the competitions, the flybys for next week, and then also on Saturday, I'm doing the post game reaction. So when the Flyers inevitably lose to the Devils, we can just talk about the Eagles and uh, whatever you want to talk about. Bayside. Uh, Bayside. <laughs> uh, some some movies, Friends, The Office, uh, Dogs or Cats, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. I, I doubt we're going to talk about the Flyers. Put it that way. <laughs> So get. I'll just get pop on. I'll, I'll field some Game of Thrones questions for a bit. That'll that'll be good. Oh boy! Don't ask good Game of Thrones questions. No, you can ask me that. You're not asking oh, Craig oh, that. Yes. They're asking okay. me you're that. Asking, yeah. No, I know. You, I, you. I know you haven't seen it. Don't <laughs> at you. Yeah, you're right. No, I should probably get started on that though, right? Eh, you know. I mean, you got you got time. You got until you got until April. You got until April. Okay. 
10 seasons? How many seasons? Uh, this, I believe, is the eighth season. Eighth. Okay. So they have seven for you to watch. Uh, okay. So that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. So be sure to uh, look out for Craig's content there. Craig's tent. Tangy tent. <laughs> Craig's tangy tent. Yeah, it's going to be coming. Craig's tangy tent. You can get that after you watch Craig Forsyth's <laughs> courtroom, which is a terrible name. Judge Craig's court. Judge Craig. It's not good. Judge Craig's court is fine. That works. <laughs> if you have any feedback for me, I control the Flyperbole account, unfortunately. So that's just at Flyperbole. You can also follow uh, my personal account, which is at Estebam. And of course, follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. All that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, that's about all we got. But uh, folks, thank you for listening. And until next time, as always, Good night, good hockey, and go birds. Wow. Wow. And they can swim. Wow. Sorry, not sorry. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not steve hartnell and craig but not craig ruby no this isn't all those hockey guys these are the guys who watch the hockey sport yeah Baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolness, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hitting Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us.